Welcome to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also join us every Sunday morning at 10.30am at Mosley Pavilion. Now for the message. A wonderful surprise because in the natural you sometimes survey some of the things that the Spirit has revealed and even though He has revealed them, they look impossible. And those of us that are involved in attempting to do what the Spirit revealed uh, often feel inferior and unequipped. But if we can continue to cultivate faith for what was revealed and go forward on it no matter what we feel like or how inept we might actually be, I have never seen what was revealed fail. I have only seen it flourish. And that's inclusive of my own life and the life of others. But this morning I want to talk to you about worship Uh, Colin has been doing a series uh, on worship, I hear. I love that subject and that topic because it is, in fact, the doorway to all things of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And if you can come to comprehend that, if you can embrace that, then the doorway and the access through that doorway is yours. You own it, so to speak, in the by your choice and your action of worshiping Jesus Christ, whether you feel like it or not, and we'll talk about that some. Worship isn't a feeling. It's a choice. And actually, it's a spiritual choice more than it's a practical choice or a soulish choice. If you can learn to always make the right choice in regard to worship, you'll go through that door. You will engage Jesus by the Holy Spirit, and the outcome will be this. You will go into the presence of his glory, and as it clearly says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that when we're in the presence of his glory, the result of that is that we would be transformed from glory to glory to glory. And I would be willing to say that becoming a worshiper will be the greatest influence of transformation in your life. Now, some might be saying, well, you mean it would be a greater influence of transformation than prayer? Yes. It will be a greater influence of transformation than good preaching and Bible teaching and Bible study? Yes. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, this guy is a heretic. No. Why is... Worship and the door of worship, so profound and so powerful. Because we come into the presence of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And it is there in the presence of His glory. You know, His glory is the very essence of who He is. It's the essence of who He is, meaning that it's, 
It's the representation. It's the manifestation. His glory is the profoundness of who he is alighting upon you. It changes you. It causes the transformation. So if you can learn to go through the door, if you can learn to become a worshiper, a true worshiper. Now, context this morning. Let's look at uh, John chapter 4. You, you know this story, most of you, this account of the exchange between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And contextually, as you also know, it begins with uh, some questions of her to him. Some things she tells him that are not exactly accurate. And then he tells her that he knows the specifics and the accuracy of her life. Yes, you've had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. And then her response, which I'm quite surprised by, most people would run away at that point and say, I hate you. (laughs) But when Jesus speaks to us, when his glory is present and he reveals to us how he knows us, There is the opportunity and the choice to make whether we would receive him. And I find that most times people do receive him. Even if they're challenged, even if they're prophesied to their very sin. So she didn't run away. She engaged him. You understanding what I'm saying? And she stayed a while. And he got more confrontational of her as he went. Verse 21, John chapter 4. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. She had previously communicated to him that, well, we're told by our Father that we're to worship in and at this mountain. So he's confronting her here. He's saying, no. Believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Verse 22, you worship what you don't know. Oh, what if I came in here today and said to you, well, you're worshiping what you don't know. What's, what's wrong with you? You're a, you're a Christian and you're worshiping what you don't know? How many would be offended if I said that to you? Only two. Three, four. Oh, now we're coming. We're beginning to get transparent. You see, the whole reason for engaging Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit is so that we would become transparent, so that the truth would indeed, John 8, 32, so that the truth would set us free. If we reject the transparency, then the truth doesn't have its penetration. The truth will kill us, but it will also bring us life, right? How many like to be killed? You're not sure, some of you. (laughs) What I'm talking about is not a physical death so much as 
a death of soul, a a death to self and dependency upon self, and self-centeredness and self-focus. You know, the greatest obstacle, and it's already being communicated here in these few verses, the greatest obstacle to true worship is self-focus. And if you're... If, if you've made the process from becoming uh, a limited worshiper or not a worshiper at all, you know what I'm talking about. We typically go toward God with reservation. And certainly we only go toward him in our neediness. We've come to get something from he who has Something, and maybe we're convinced that he has what we need, and so we go to him primarily to get what it is that we need. When in fact, you probably know this, worship is a ministry that we give to him. Worship isn't about coming to get something from him. Now, the result is that we do. But we're often confused about what that is that we're going to get from him. The greatest thing you can receive from God is his presence. Nothing trumps that. Trumps that. I'm being a bit political right now. But you didn't really catch that, did you? (laughs) That's all I'll say about that word. Being in his presence is our need. And if we learn that if we give our ministry of love to him, he comes. We engage him. We we know his presence in a literal way. Literal? Yes. But let me qualify and explain the context of what I mean by literal. Well, we'll read it right here. Watch this. He says, verse 22, You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. Verse 23, But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. 24, God is a spirit. Hmm, God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So what I'm meaning in the context of we literally encounter him is that we literally encounter him spirit to spirit. God is a spirit. And if you attempt to encounter him by the soul, you'll be disappointed. Now, I'm not saying that you, you wouldn't experience, your soul wouldn't experience God when he's present. It would and it could. But it is not the primary avenue wherein you would engage God. And it's certainly not that by which you will know him intimately. Man is comprised, as you know, with body, soul, and spirit. Trichotomy. The soul being made up of the mind, will, and emotion. And the purpose of the soul supplied to us by our God in creation is that. 
It facilitates natural life. Are you with me? But we know that Paul said in Corinthians, the natural man cannot assess the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness. Foolishness to the natural man. So in the natural, we regard worship as foolishness. People singing and raising their hands and maybe dancing about, shouting. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a shouter. I I like to to shout. I I just need to shout when I'm worshiping. Anybody have that problem? Well, don't seek a cure for it. It's like my first ministry was uh, marriage counseling. I counseled hundreds in the early days. And repeatedly, couples would come in, especially if they were middle-aged or older. And the wife's complaint was, he doesn't really express love to me. He wants certain kind of groceries. He wants his dinner at a certain time and all those kind of things. And if I say, well, you, you don't express love to me, he says something like, well, I go to work, don't I? I pay the bills, don't I? I keep the mortgage up. God needs to be loved. God wants our ministry to him through expression. So love requires expression. Love even requires uh, a demonstration. Now, hopefully we're giving and having a loving exchange between ourselves, our spouse, and our family. And it's spontaneous. It's not uh, contrived. It's not forced. It's not awkward. It's spontaneous. And so as we learn to become worshipers and engage God, that happens. We're expressing our love, just like you express your love to your family members. It's a ministry to them. When my grandchildren come in, the the little ones, the, the older ones, not so much, but still somewhat. The little ones, they run and scream and shout and say, pop. They call me pop. Pop, pop, pop. They jump on me and climb me like a ladder, hugging and kissing. (sighs) I'd give them anything. I'd, I'd spend my treasure upon them, you know. It is so rich, so profound, so fulfilling. It was last Sunday we had two of the little girls over. And uh, my wife uh, usually has them, at least part of the time, uh, in our bedroom. We have a big TV there, and it's a very restful place, and they, they love it in there. So they're in there lounging about with, with Grandma, and I had a couple of projects that I needed to work on. I just came in to see how they were doing. But the little one, she's uh, two and a half. And her name's uh, Henny. We call her Henny. And she's, she's laying on the bed. You know, she's got this little iPad and she's watching her movie separate from the TV. And she says, Pop, Pop, come, Pop. So I go over and she, she pats the bed where she's laying. Pop, here, here, Pop. So I lay down on the bed next to her where she's instructing me. And she snuggles right in and on. And she gets her lap 
laptop there so I can see the movie all. Pop, pop. She puts her head on my chest. My project's done and out. I'm there two and a half hours. Just to snuggle with her, just to have her little hand on my cheek. Periodically, she'll reach up and just do this. Pop, I'm good. Matter of fact, I'm smitten. You're hearing me. Smitten. When you become a mature, and you can and you will, a mature, liberated worshiper, you're like little Henny. Father, come. You'll put your head upon his chest. You'll touch your hand to his cheek. And he'll respond to you. It'll be real. It'll cause a love exchange like you have never known in all your life. And you'll be changed and transformed by that. When I go from that two and a half hours with that little girl, I am rejoicing. When we take them back home in the evening, then all my wife talk, my wife and I talk about is them. And we share how smitten we were, sometimes with tears. You're hearing me. And, and we also will communicate how we were impacted by them and how meaningful it is and how much we enjoy it. That's worshiping. Now, he's telling the Samaritan woman, you, you worship what you don't know. Now, originally, we, we come to God not knowing what worship is. And usually, we head towards him because we know about him. But we don't know him. I remember when little Henny was born. Now, usually my wife for sure and even other ladies say to me, what's the matter with you? When they're born, you know, and they're just little and I don't know them yet. I cradle them and I know they're mine. And I love and appreciate that. But I don't know them yet. When they get old enough to receive my love and express theirs back to me, the the whole dynamic changes then. I've been telling, I remember telling Andrew about this for years. You know, we traveled a lot, spent a lot of time together, and I'm always talking about my grandkids, and I'd tell him about this. And he listened to me. He'd laugh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, what I'm sharing with you will be different when you have yours. I watch him now. I watched him yesterday. He had the baby, the third son, George. He played with the second son, Charlie. 
And he loved and engaged the first son, Noah. And I can see him experiencing the glory of the exchange is profound. Right? That's what the Father wants to do. The whole intention you must see and know and understand, the whole intention of this worship topic and endeavor on God's part is to achieve that with you. There's not a bigger purpose. That's it. But out of that engagement, out of that intimacy comes everything. Am I making sense? I hope it doesn't sound under grandiose. You get that? It needs to sound grandiose because it is grandiose. And so, hopefully, we get and we understand what being a true worshiper is and is about. Now, I don't know your Christian experience, but Mine is that I was saved and trained in ministry in a Baptist church setting, and it was wonderful. I come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. I began to read, study, and memorize his word. My life was transformed by his word. Matter of fact, my life was healed in a powerful way. But I didn't learn to become a worshiper. And after about seven or eight years, I I begin to be rather dry and empty feeling. And I was worshiping one day in private, not knowing that that's what it was. I was just singing and praying. And the Holy Spirit came. And I encountered God, spirit to spirit, rather than attempting to engage and encounter him soul to spirit. And that was the beginning of a transformation of becoming a worshiper. But in the the Baptist church, we had what we called the song service. Do you know what that is? Song service? No? That's when you sing the songs. We didn't call it worship. We called it the song service. But I noticed that periodically I would be singing you know, how great thou art or washed in the blood or whatever uh, old hymn it was, and I would encounter God. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing or that's what was happening. It was accidental rather than purposed. I didn't know there was a door to him personally via worship. But he seeks us. Jesus says here, the Father is seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth. Let's talk about that for a minute. God's a spirit. If you're going to worship him, you need to learn to worship him from your spirit more so than your soul. Uh But that can be somewhat challenging because 
Many Christians are not aware that they have a spirit and they're not aware of what they would do with it if they recognize that they had it. But God usually visits everyone in some kind of way that he awakens us to our spirit and we can engage him spirit to spirit. So he's looking for worshipers. And a whole lot of people have difficulty worshiping because they've got trouble in their life. Maybe even sin. Anyone sinned recently in the last couple days? Three, okay. Well, I don't know how many are here, but three are not telling the truth, and the rest are. We all sin. But we have an advocate with the Father, right? And there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if we know the door of worship, we can bring our sin with us. We can bring our brokenness and our trouble. Worshiping in spirit and truth is about that. If you're all messed up, if you even have sin that you haven't repented of, what you ought to do is cry out to him, begin to worship him in spirit and truth. Now what would the truth be in the context if you had great trouble and great sin? Lord, I love you, but I have sinned, and I have sinned against you. I have sinned against heaven. Help me. He'll respond to that because it's in spirit and it's in truth. Transparency. You can't have truth without transparency. Most people, what they'll do is they'll try to get all cleaned up. Either hide the sin, gloss it over, or work repentance that is of the soul, not the spirit. And usually that kind of repentance of soul rather than spirit, we don't really overcome the sin. It plagues us going forward. We can go to him in spirit and truth, meaning that whatever difficulty we have, whatever problem we've got, we can take it with us. He'll meet us there. And when his glory comes, because his presence has come, we'll be transformed from glory to glory to glory. We'll find true repentance. We'll be set free. And we won't care to visit that sin again because his glory and the taste of his presence is more profound than the enticement of the sin. Absolutely Incredible. Time is flying by, so let me wrap up with a couple of stories. I didn't really figure out the depth and the profoundness of worship until I had a profound encounter with the Holy Spirit. And then I I, I found some understanding. And I read a lot about it, but I, I didn't find much there either. I happened to go to a James Robeson Bible conference in Dallas, Texas. He's a pretty well-known American evangelist. And he had this guest speaker by the name of John Wimber. And what the guy said and did in an expression of ministry was profound, supernatural signs and wonders stuff. I don't have time to tell you the story, although it's quite fun and interesting. But I bought everything that was on his book table 
And the following Sunday, I was in his church in Anaheim, California. I was that impacted. And my wife and I got there somewhat late. The service had already started. Meeting in this warehouse kind of place. There was three or 4,000 people in it. Worship was happening. Although we didn't know what that, what it, that that is what it was. But we step up to go in and we get just through the door and we both stop simultaneous together. And we don't say anything. We are smitten. There's like a cloud of glory in the place. And the sound we heard from the people worshiping was so powerful and impactful, we couldn't speak. So we ended up standing in the doorway. It's a wonder they didn't arrest us or have us hauled away. We're standing in the doorway crying. We're just weeping. We're just beside ourselves. Goes on for maybe 20 minutes, this crying business. We finally get to a seat. Worship went on for a while, I'd say at least 45 minutes, you know, which was unusual. You know, in the Baptist church, we do about 15 minutes, we, and we cut it all up. We sing this song, then we stand up and say this and do that, and then we sing another and another. It's like a sandwich you get in little bites. You don't know you really ate the sandwich because it was so chopped up, you didn't know it was a whole sandwich. I know you can relate to that because I learned that from you, actually, most of you. It was amazing. We found a transformation in that one meeting at that place, and we learned the power of worship and that it was a doorway. And I went home thinking, I've got to bring this to our church. And what an unholy battle it was. Nobody's laughing. But I was determined because I had been in that glory. I had experienced Jesus literally, spiritually by the Holy Spirit because I bumped into someone that knew and understood how paramount, how important that being a worshiper is. It took a little time, but we made the transformation. Thank you, Lord. Now when I step in my own church, I cry. The cloud's there. He's there. And we're worshiping in spirit and truth. Hello? And lives be transformed because we're worshipers. And in particular seasons, it's like a runaway train. Just now we're in a season of that. Sometimes all we do is worship in the whole service. We begin with that. We don't do, like here, we don't do announcements. We don't do a welcome. We don't do an introduction. We don't mention anybody's birthday. We're only interested in one birthday. Not that... We don't appreciate your having another one. But there's something a little more important to do. We might worship the whole time. The service is an hour and a half. We might worship the whole time. Nothing else happens. 
Well, it shouldn't say nothing else happens. Everything happens. People are saved, healed, transformed, uh, expanded in the depth of their relationship with God. Spiritual gifts manifest. We prophesy, give words of knowledge, release healing, cast out demons, the whole thing. But what I want to encourage you in, all that comes to you if you learn to become a worshiper in spirit and truth and have a greater value for ministering to him than anything else. He never fails to come among us when we minister to him through worship. Understand what I'm saying? It's glorious. We have uh, some, usually, almost every Sunday, uh, one of the singers has a prophetic song. And so you get the revelation of God on the beauty of a voice. Sometimes there'd be two or three. And we, we prophesy by the spoken word. And we use that for an application of ministry. And recently we've begun uh, to function in what I'm calling uh, prophetic encouragement. So I will assemble the prophetic people. Sometimes it's one, sometimes up to five. And I say, come join me. And I'll just slip up to, uh, we got an African-American guy. His name is Damien. And I ask him a question. What has Christ done for you? And away he goes, prophesying. He's done this and this and this, and he, he is this, and he's done this. And then he turns to the next guy and he says, a, a different question. What's happening by Christ's influence? And away he goes, ba-bam, 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 ba-bam. And the people are just shouting, cheering. Hello? When he comes... He manifests himself in glory and power. Could we have the worship team come, please? And would you stand with me? I'd like to pray. And I'd like to have a bit of a ministry time. You know, for us, we know that God wants to minister to us. We have worshiped him already today, and we'll worship him a bit more. When he comes, we expect that he wants to do some transforming, that he wants to minister to us. So we always give him place and opportunity for that. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, as we worship you here just for a bit, Come among us. You've been listening to Destination Church Belfast's weekly podcast. For more information on our church, you can find us on the web on www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. Thank you for listening.